People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Welcome once again to the Brothers Talk family den, kitchen, barbershop, backyard, corner, or wherever you hold your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism around support for the Black community. We're keeping the emphasis on critical thinking and why we need it now more than ever. And we're also keeping the attention on our relaunching Black Wall Street Nationwide campaign that we introduced nearly two years ago. And while others have come and gone, we're still championing this cause after over 100 weekly podcasts. That's our commitment to what we need to be doing to create more Black wealth and self-sufficiency in our communities, one household at a time. Welcome, as always, to our first-time listeners. We hope you'll not only become long-time listeners, but also that you'll join us in spreading the word about us and what we're doing. And just before you hear from my brothers in the war on ignorance and indifference, we want you to share our listener appreciation contest that will result in a listener getting the chance to honor us with your presence. All you have to do is tell us your favorite episode, guest, and or topic and tell us why, and you could be our guest on our first Black History Month podcast that'll drop on Friday, February 4th. You can send your submission to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. We will repeat it again at the end of the show, but now's your chance to let the world hear from you and know how you think. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Hey, family, thank you for your continued support. Uh, and I, I, I want to reiterate what Rod just said about critical thinking. Critical thinking is something that it's, it appears that half of the country, or a little more than half of the country, is liking. And the, and the reason I'm saying that is you have so many people who are unvaccinated. Some of my relatives are unvaccinated. And you're saying stuff like, I don't know what's in it. And people coming up for with excuses and reasons but not being uh, vaccinated when you got all of this evidence showing that we got 800,000 people plus who've died from the coronavirus. And yet that doesn't seem to be enough evidence to make them go get vaccinated. What I want to do is if issue another challenge and that challenge is I want you to come on here and tell us what is it that has happened to you personally to say to you that I don't trust this stuff. Thank you, Scott. And, um, you know, we can't build a community if we're not healthy. I mean, what we're trying to do here is, is all for not if we are not healthy and concerned about our well-being. That being said, Kwanzaa's over, Christmas is over, but we still have Black businesses that are in need. Let's support and move forward. One of the areas that has never required critical thinking now more than ever is politics. Because not only is there more misleading information out there than ever before, but there are more sources of that misinformation and disinformation. Our guest this week is Council Member Susan Harrison, 
a fourth generation resident of Summit, New Jersey, where she has been twice elected in Ward 1. She's a model of intersectionality as a civic leader, entrepreneur, wife, mother, coach, and mentor, as well as an investor and advisor to nonprofits and foundations. She spent 20 years at the Ford Foundation before starting her own business in management consulting. And if that wasn't enough, her passion for making a positive difference in the lives of others has also included leading and actively participating in several national and community organizations like our local Democratic Party and Jack and Jill. And in the interest of full transparency, Susan and I are not only members of the same Fountain Baptist Church Fellowship, but I've also had the honor of working with her in her campaigns. Welcome, Susan, and please say hello to the Brothers Talk family. Hello, family, and thank you, gentlemen, for having me. So as you heard in the run-up, Councilmember Harrison, we're very concerned with the lack of critical thinking in general, but particularly as it pertains to the political spectrum. So before we dive into the challenges and issues that you face as a Black woman in politics, can you share your views on the need for our community to get involved in politics, beginning with using our brains to unpack the issues and examine the candidates? Thank you, Rod, and thank you for uh, lifting up critical thinking. People forget this um, number one um, rule, this number one phenomenon is that politics is local and that these elected officials work for you. And you have to get knowledgeable about how things run in your town about the people who are running them, and you have to demand what you're entitled to. And so in terms of critical thinking, and um, I can't emphasize those two points enough that you have to know what's going on, you have to be at the table, and you have to ask for what you need, as well as know what is available. So what's happening on a national level right now, this disinformation is keeping folks so um, um, distracted and not able to figure out left from right, up from down, enemy from um, a, a champion. It's just chaos. And it is a time for us to get involved at a, a epic level. You know, um, you said something that uh, I, I agree with what you're saying 100%, especially because we talked about how locally we were trying to encourage people to get involved locally to um, demand of the politician what you want, ask for stuff. But my, my, my question is this. So you have a, a, a large segment of the population who are basically treading water. They're trying to stay afloat. You know, they're trying to keep the lights on, all those kind of things. And so they, there are a couple of things that's going against them. Those are. And then how do you reach people like that who are not looking at podcasts like this one, who are not listening to people like you or like us, who they don't have the resources, they're not knowledgeable enough because they're in survival mode. And there are a lot of people like, how do we bring those people into the fold to understand the importance of voting and putting a person in there who's going to look out for their well-being in the best their best interest 
It's a great question. It is one that um, Brittany and um, Brittany out of um, Rutgers uh, University has this phrase, go get your people. If we don't go to people who, somebody was using the terminology low information as if that is something to be ashamed of. And I consider that people who are not on uh, social media, who are not watching the news, but everything is so, um, there's just too much. And so we have to go to the people and we have to listen first, listen first and then connect them with how their vote matters, their voice matters, their involvement matters. Well, that, that's gonna be difficult for us. People are totally uh, have tuned politics out, especially our young people, because they can see it's not working. But to talk about critical thinking in a country that has been dumbed down to the point where most Americans cannot even read on a seventh grade level, you cannot expect them to go to the polls and be knowledgeable. That's just not gonna happen. Most Americans vote on like a 30 second soundbite, literally. And that's what you're fighting. People don't have the attention span really to sit down and study and do any kind of homework to have that knowledge. And simply speaking to them, is really not gonna work. So Norm, I can tell you that's why we have revolution. And um, what I can say about this younger generation who have taken uh, sound bites and pictures to a whole nother level, uh, our older generation is going to have to get savvy to meet them where they are because what's happening in the space that I occupy is we're making the rules more complex. We're making it, everything. everybody needs to be a lawyer now to do anything anything. And so that is why I say um, critical thinking now is showing up in different ways. And we got to get on board to meet our, our folks where they are, because they're doing some critical thinking, being the most resilient people on the earth. And we have to respect that. So Susan, you said something that I think is really key there and something that we have said a number of times, which has to do with a, a real dichotomy between what we see is the approaches of the Democrats and Republicans, in that we say, from our perspective, the Republicans approach people from like a third grade level, and the Democrats tend to approach people from a PhD level. And so we think that one of the real issues needs to be is that there are a lot of very smart people in the Democratic Party, but they seem to be more intent on showing you how smart they are than really trying to find a way to do what you said specifically, is how do I bring it down to the level that people will understand how this impacts me, how it impacts my, my grocery bill, how it impacts my kids' education. And so what, what are your advice you have for the Democratic Party for being able to bring it home, if you will? So I'm gonna go back to those two points I made to you. They need to be reminded, you work for me, regular citizens. And as someone's boss, um, 
you have to figure out how to please them. And so unless you, so when you say to the Democratic Party, the elitists of the Democratic Party, they really don't think that they work for you. And until Black women showed them in the South at a national level, oh, we really need you. So they don't think that you're needed. Well, when you're in a fight for your life, that's when you pay attention to, um, to the fact that I work for you. And so the Democratic Party has um, schizophrenia in trying to figure out how do we have this big tent and meet these competing, competing needs. And that's where I, I didn't realize the uh, uh, critical nature of uh, caucuses, but you really do need a North Star, but people approach it from different places. And so that has been um, the hardest thing to do because the media will find out when you, when I hear you guys talk a lot about critical race theory, Lord knows how crazy that has been rolled out. Yep. And um, they are using it so that even Democrats don't feel like they can um, tell the truth about how people are disenfranchised. And so the North Star has to be the guiding thing that brings all of the different um, agendas together. And that, that's very hard to do. So having been a party chair, and I call it herding lions, tigers, and bears, it is the hardest thing you can do. And you cannot please everybody, but you cannot um, be an enemy forever to anybody. You know, there were a couple of things there you said. Uh, I want to kind of stay on the same theme. Uh, there were a couple of things you said, but there was something that you said I wanted to address in uh, in the previous your previous comment. And you said something about misinformation, about how you know people continue to get misinformation, and that's one a pet peeve for me. One of my pet peeves that people we kind of adopt what the media or leadership say. They're lying. It ain't misinformation, it's a lie. So we need to get to the point where we are telling people to speak plainly to folks. All of this insurrection, they tried to overthrow the government. They tried, it was a coup. It wasn't it, it, uh, misinformation, that's all you hear on TV. It's a lie. We need a the North Star with a plan who the Congressional Great Black Caucus Women are the face, Black women are the face, they are the heart and soul of the Democratic Party. The Black caucus are non-existent. They could be that North Star, but seemed like when Obama came into office, he just neutered them because they did not challenge him on anything. So they've been insignificant since before he came into office. The Congressional Black, I have to disagree with you because if it hadn't been for the Congressional Black Caucus and those HBCU college presidents whooping uh, uh, oh, President Obama's tail, uh, we would not have had uh, the funding that we needed to keep Black colleges alive. 
He tried to defund it. He didn't give it enough money. He He didn't continue the appropriation. And they had to run in there and run him down and say, what are you doing? And the Congressional Black Caucus with the presidents of HBCUs and people outside of that Harvard bubble. So he might have not, with him not, it ain't that him not funding it. The way it works is because I did some research. And so I was asked to take a look at what, how we can make this report they used to push it, put out put out better. The Bush administration stopped doing the report in 2005. And, and what the way it works is every agency gives a percentage of their budget to historical black colleges. Yes. But the, the HBCU initiative, their role is to try to convince them or uh, encourage them to give more of their budget, of the percentage. I think it's like 2% or 4%, something like that. Mm-hmm. Most agencies give it a budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like Trump's trying to take credit saying that, oh, so, but, but the Democrats allowed him to get away with that. I just simply said, hey, all presidents give HBCs. They didn't even say that. They just let him do it. We got to get off the trajectory that we are on right now. It hasn't been good for black people in the country as a whole with the current leadership Democratic and Republican, unless we get a, like you said, a North Star, and we decide that, you know what, we need term limits. We need term limits for senators, congressmen, for, especially for judges. I don't believe in term limits, Scott, because um, I believe in the uh, will of the people. And I can tell you, um, I go back and forth on it because Charles Rangel and some of those other guys, they forget to change, uh, hand the baton and make sure that you've got people coming up. So I get your, but we have to remember they work for us. They work for us. And the misinformation that you're talking about, I want all of us to own that because mine. My niece sent around some of the most foolish information uh, back when Hillary Clinton was was running about how she was killing babies and doing stuff like that. And I was like, girl, does this even sound logical to you? Don't do that. So the misinformation is coming from every direction and it is intentional. They don't work for us. They work for big money. Corporate America. Well, and you're that not is how convince, the system is you're not, going to, you're not going to convince the average Joe working at 40, 60 hours a week, basically making it, that they work for us because they don't. That, that's, that's blatantly obvious. And literally, they let the lobbyists write their own legislation. But And that was not done by the Democrats. That was empowering um, the lobbyists has been a, I want to say a Republican strategy, but there was a moment in time when I said, politics isn't Democrat, Republican, it's the haves and the have nots. The CDC, you guys were, were speaking about them, they literally are just owned by corporate America. They don't represent African Americans. Because at they all. don't have, you need money in order to operate. And they're not getting the checks from the people. 
But I, I want you to know that I agree with you. I wish we had not allowed corporate sponsorship and uh, Citizens United. I wish we hadn't allow, allowed all of that to come into reality, but we will not be able to, um, you cannot do it without money. You cannot, but you can't sell your soul. You can't sell your soul. And if you sell your soul, you better um, get voted out. And that's what we have to. So I love that you're making me think now that we have to start telling the democratic different levels, you work for the people. You don't treat us like you work for us. And we're all not the same. We're all not the same. And they don't tell you all the rules that they're subject to. Do you know that they have to spend at least 60% of their time asking for money? And that is the requirement because you have to raise a certain amount of money and um, people don't wanna give money um, to low levels, uh, the, the big dollars. So those senators and congressmen, congresswomen have to spend that time. That is the way the system has been so corrupted and not, not allowed to do the work we set them there to do. Hey, thank you, Susan, for a really lively and engaging conversation, one of the best we've had in some time. And so you get the last word to try to encourage more of our young sisters to get involved in the political process. As Scott mentioned, they are the core and heart and soul of the Democratic Party. So what do you see as the challenges and what would you say to encourage more of our Black women to get involved in the political process? So black men need to be a part of that. Um, they, yes, they need to support them because black women are best suited for politics because they have been able to get things done no matter what, no matter what. And so we are never invited to the table. We always got to kick the door open or sneak in quietly or organize with our sisters uh, behind the scenes to, to get things done. But now is the time for us to, especially girls, young women, uh, just uh, people in general to run for office. You only have to ask a man three times. You have to ask a woman six times. So we have to um, make sure our young girls are being told you matter, you have um, resilience in you to make the biggest difference and um, keep your brothers with you, even though it feels like at all times, everybody is against you. Uh, I'm a woman of faith, so I believe uh, you have to have God to hold you up, but not everybody does. So that's why I say we have to uh, start young and we have to um, uh, empower girls and women. We have to give them money to support those women who are running campaigns. And also you have to do um, the critical thinking, uh, which is disagree with them, 
but I asked you to do it with a little bit of love because we're a little bit more sensitive. And so, um, but I appreciate your recognizing uh, the importance of having Black women in elected office. Hey, thank you so much, Susan. And we certainly hope to have you back as we continue to go on through the season that is 2022, that is going to be so critical with the midterm elections. So you've got an open invitation to come back and give us updates and share with us. So we look forward to that. In our positive Black professional business spotlight of the week, meet Danielle Washington and Ciara Imani May, the founders of Rebundle a St. Louis-based startup that creates and sells plant-based hair extensions. They have recently raised $1.4 million in a pre-seed round, and the funds will be used to invest in the startup supply chain to meet the high demand for their products. Rebundle launched in 2021 based on Imani May's own experience with the usual hair extensions that were made with plastic. Aside from causing her irritation, she also realized that the plastic used for the extensions could potentially harm the environment. So they began featuring hair products that are sustainably made using naturally extracted banana fibers. With his latest funding, Rebundo plans to expand its operations, including sales channels, team, and local manufacturing facilities. So that's a wrap for another program. And God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community and on the path to a better future. Don't forget our listener appreciation contest that all you have to do is tell us your favorite episode, guest and or topic and tell us why. And you could be our guest on our first Black History Month podcast that'll be broadcast on Friday, February 4th. You can follow and send your submission to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next time, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest that we'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.